Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And um, first things first, later on in the show, Will is going to join me for another one of his infamous political segments. This one has to do um, with a Deutsche Bank and some scandals that are, are brewing from that. So, uh, I, and I'm really honestly excited. We've been talking about this most of the day today, so yay. Um, okay, so, we've all worked at places that we hate. Or we've hated that one coworker. They thought that they were better than us. They thought they knew um, the job better than we did. Whatever the case is, we've all been there. And please don't come at me with, oh no, I've never been there. I've loved all my coworkers because it's bullshit. Let's be honest. We're among family and friends now. We can say, we can say the truth. Um... So, y'all know, we've been talking about the Constance Wu situation um, since Monday. And I think, that, I think we're going to do a deep dive, retros- um, a deep dive episode. Um, I just got to talk to Will and, and see what he thinks about this whole situation and um, what, what we should do. Um... And as soon as I do, I'll let you know when we're gonna when we're gonna air it. Um, maybe maybe Saturday. Um, we may forego blinds this week, put them on hiatus for for just a week. Um, especially since there's really been no good ones coming out. Anyways, back to Constance. This is why I get in trouble. Um, um, so. We've been covering the story. We know what's what. Um, And, you know, here's the thing. She's just so ungrateful for having a job. And it's really, really odd. Well, now we're learning that she is... And this is a, a direct quote from a source from the set of Fresh Off the Boat. Constance Wu is the most hated person on the set. Say what now? And, and, okay, let's be real here. It, this is not a big shocker. Especially after we've seen her behavior upon learning that Fresh Off the Boat had been renewed. But... It gets, it gets worse. Um, here's what the, um, the, the source continued to say. Constance is the most hated person on the set. She is rude to everybody, but most of all, the crew. Here's the thing. You don't want to be rude to the crew. They're the ones who know your, your camera angles. Um, your lighting, how you sound, right down to what food is served. So if you want to keep pissing them off, that's your prerogative, of course, but 
don't be surprised when you get two pieces of bread and a piece of cheese slapped in the middle. And, and to be clear, there's nothing wrong with that. When I'm poor, that's what I eat. <laughs> but, you know, have some humility. Which is exactly what ABC um, and her PR team is telling her. But we're going to get to that. So, on the set of the movie Hustlers, which also stars Jennifer Lopez, the queen of divas, and Cardi B, who is coming up right behind J-Lo, the biggest diva of that trio is Constance Wu. Now, I just need to say this real fast. Y'all know I'm not a huge fan of J-Lo. But if anyone on that set has a right to be a fucking diva, it's J-Lo. She has had a longer career than any of those bitches. Uh, Here's what a source said. Constance is a pain in the fucking ass. She just won't do anything. She just won't agree to do anything. She refuses to do interviews. She won't have visitors on her sets. It's like a cliche. She's very talented, but all signs are pointing to... A difficult diva. And another, a third source says, she's a total piece of work. She thinks it's okay to treat people badly and say out loud whatever comes to her mind. She's the new Katherine Heigl, and if she's not careful, her movie career will go down in the same direction. Downhill. And a source from Crazy Rich Asians said, that Constance was standoffish and arrived to talk to reporters in a separate van from the cast who came together. It was clear they didn't socialize. She was icy cold, leaving it to Henry Golding to charm everyone. Again, this is not how you build a career. Uh, you, you can say whatever you want about uh, J-Lo. She knows how the game is played and she plays it. She may be a bitch. She may act entitled and I, I won't argue with you if you say that to me, because I actually agree. But JLo knows when to turn it off. She knows how to act and at least present a united front um, f- to help promote the movie or whatever project she's working on. Um, Wu, uh, Constance Wu had nothing to say about any of these allegations. But Jimmy Kimmel zined her at the Disney Upfronts. He said, only on ABC is getting your show picked up the worst thing that can happen to you. And as I mentioned earlier, her PR team has told her she was told to find some humility. She was humiliated at the Upfronts. Everybody laughed at her. You think? I'm sorry, I have no sympathy for her because she did this to herself. I'm still a fan. I still think she's she's talented, but I think she's her head's gotten way too big for her britches, which I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> I'm going to go and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. And just so you know, you know that today's tea is hot and piping when this next segment would normally be the last or the the lead and it's fucking in the middle that is how good the gossip is today um 
So, this is for my One Chicago fans out there. I know y'all watch. I know y'all have been begging me for some tea. For some good tidbits about your your favorite show. So, here it is. Jesse Lee Sofer was dating Sophia Bush. And he was sleeping with... Tori DeVito. So here, here's how everything went down. And this is the real story. This is not the PR cover story um, that Jesse Lee and that Jesse Lee is putting out, and that Sophia Bush will go along with because she's a professional. So Jesse Lee so far. And Sophia Bush met on the set of Chicago PD. They hit it off, liked one another, whatever. They, they began dating very publicly. And things were going well-ish. Um, and then... So things were going well for them until Tori DeVito joined Chicago Med in 2015. Now, why is this a problem? Tori DeVito and Sophia Bush were friends. Um, they worked together on One Tree Hill and um, continued to, and obviously continued to work together within the One Chicago franchise. You know, there's always all those crossovers and whatnot. So that seems to be fairly consistent. You know, not not horrible or anything of of that nature. Um, but Sophia started noticing that Jesse Lee and Tori were starting to spend a lot of time together. Particularly time where she wasn't around. And that raised some red flags. Sophia and Jesse Lee ended up breaking up. And this is where it gets... Um, this is where her Sophia Bush's exit from... Chicago PD really um, starts to make sense. So Jesse Lee started talking about how many girls he was banging, what he was doing to them, what they were doing to him, and he was very vulgar about this. And it upset her. And then he started flaunting his relationship with Tori, which made it even worse. So Sophia went to the executives and they, she was like, hey, like, this is not cool. This is creating a hostile work environment. You have 24 episodes. Basically, this season to fix this or I'm not going to return. And the, the executives looked at it. They looked at the situation and they did nothing. I... For the record, a lot of people assumed that Sophia Bush had an issue with another co-star. Um, I forgot his name, but he he has a record of being 
um, very abrasive and abusive to his co-stars. He doesn't seem to be playing a part here, uh, at least not a a major part. Um, Sophia got just really pissed, um, especially when Jesse Lee started talking about how he cheated on her and the things that he did while, while he was cheating on her. Um, Tori DeVito started doing more and more episodes of Chicago PD, and things got really bad. And um, in twenty seventeen, she that's when she ended up quitting the job. Now, Jesse Lee Sofer and Tori DeVito went public with their relationship, but they said that it started in twenty eighteen. And you could just feel the Sophia Bush side eye there, like, mm. But again, you know, she's never really, she's talked about it, she's hinted at um, what happened. Um, and she's, she started unfurling the, the story a little bit. But she's never fully um, explained herself. Um, so, they went, so they went public with their romance in 2018. But, and this is something that I believe is very, very true. Once a cheater, always a cheater. If you got him by cheating, you're going to lose him by cheating. Now, we, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to guess that with this breakup, we're going to get some blind items, if not actual full-fledged stories about Jesse Lee for cheating on um, Tori DeVito. Because that's just a fact of life. He was a hound dog. He cheated with her, so my guess is he, he definitely cheated on her. And, damn, that's a good... I, I, when I say I love these stories, I love just the... I don't love that some feelings were hurt or people are sad, but that's damn good gossip. And speaking of damn good, I need to get me a drink, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So this story is a little bit sad. And by a little bit, I mean it's just horrendously. Like, um, on Monday, we talked about Doris Day passing away. And, you know, she, she did live to a good age. Um, she most definitely had a good life. An interesting life. But it appears towards the end there was something that um, happens to a lot of people. It happened to Stan Lee, um, you know, with uh, towards the end of his life, um, his his family and friends started claiming that there was some elder abuse by his business manager. Um, and that the um, he, the business manager might have actually been stealing money from him, um, and yada yada yada. So, to be clear, no one is accusing someone of stealing from Doris Day, at least not yet. But her grandson 
Brian Melcher is alleging that her business manager did not let the family see her um, before she died. Um, In his own words, he said he had not been allowed to see his grandmother for quite some time. And then he went on to explain... When I was invited by Doris to dinner a few years after my father's untimely death in November 2004, her new business manager, a former fan, intervened and asked me to meet him at the family-owned Cypress Inn here in Carmel, California. He added, I was asked by this man, why do you want to see Doris? I was shocked, not only at the question, but also that it was coming from someone who was a stranger. I just responded, um... She is my grandmother. He replied, I'm afraid you aren't going to be able to see your grandmother, citing the divorce between my parents as his, ex- as the, as his excuse. Looking back, I should have said more, or should have drove to her home and not let a stranger come between us. But unfortunately, the tall fences and 24-hour guard under her new business manager's direction prevented me from taking a stand and reconnecting with my family. She had been so happy to talk to me, and we were both excited for our upcoming dinner together just a week before. And this man was this man was clearly manipulating the situation. So, you know, I'm not calling bullshit on this story for one reason, one reason only. I actually kind of believe him. Um, something does seem very strange about this. And from from what I've read about Doris Day, she wasn't one who liked confrontation, and she definitely didn't um, seek it out. And um, allegedly, her um, her mind was slipping at the time, so there are all sorts of reasons as to why she may have allowed somebody to um, take such full control of her life. Um, um, Melcher continues to say she instilled a drive and confidence that I will carry with me the rest of my life. And then he said, the dinner between my grandmother and I never took place. Any and all communication was cut off from that point on, and I was left bewildered. I later learned that the business manager had fired all of the longstanding members on my grandma's foundation board and was appointed and appointed his direct family as the new board members. It seemed I was not the only one being cut out. I tried for some time after this to get the word out about what transpired, however, ultimately decided against causing any new emotional waves from my grandmother, who by that time was late in age. Also, from what I had heard around the community from In the Know People, her mind had already begun slipping, so I feared my outreach would only cause more stress due to the new folks surrounding her. I could not bring myself to continue to fight an uphill battle at the expense of her well-being or my family's. When you're young, you believe the adults when they say you are the problem. However, no child, or adult for that matter, should be told who they can and can't love, especially family. And again, you know, and this is all very easily researched and um, 
you know, so if if he is lying about these allegations, then this is all going to blow up in his face, and he's going to lose his um, realtor business. So I'm not sure what he if if he if he would be lying if he's proven to be lying. I don't know what he's gaining from this because it's certainly not. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be any monetary advantage. Um, and, and the post really does seem heartfelt. He says, I will forever be grateful for the time I had with both my father and my grandmother. When I was younger, our family was so close and I was so fortunate to have such special people raise me. It's taught me to live in the moment and not leave things unsaid. It's a hard truth, however, it is my truth and one I hope others can learn from. And, you know, the, one of the strangest stories that I read recently was that Dorsey is not going to have a funeral. Um, she's not going to have a funeral, allegedly, because she was so shy and she didn't want um, a big to-do. Um, so she's just going to be buried. And she didn't leave a will, but she told... Um, she allegedly told her manager to take care of the foundation and take care of her dogs. I don't know if... I don't know if, um... If the family could fight that or not. Um, I think that would be completely up to them. Uh, but... I don't think this is the last we're going to hear about this this story. But I'm going to go, and when I come back, Will will be with me talking about Deutsche Bank. Be right back. And I'm back. And as I promised earlier in the show, I'm joined by Will. Hi, everyone. I'm gracing the podcast with my dulcet tones again. Yeah. Don't let that fool you. He just got done yelling at me because I say um too much and I don't always know what I'm going to say next. That is not true. That did not happen. I didn't just say that. <laughs> I said that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday and today. And he'll probably text me later and no, tell no, me. No, no, I didn't say it today, but I haven't said it yet today. But I'll probably <laughs> say it after this podcast. Anyway. Last time I was on here, I promised you guys a deep dive into the world of international banking scandals. Specifically the whole business with Deutsche Bank. Now normally I know we're a gossip podcast. We like fun gossip rather than whatever's going on in international fucking banking, which is the exact opposite of fun. But I promise you that this is hilarious. Yeah, he's been giving me notes all day about it. So... The main people involved in this story are Donald Trump, of course. Surprise. And Deutsche Bank, which was basically his main lender for about 20 years from 96 to pretty much 2016. And during that time, attempted to cut ties with him three ties and ended up lending him about a billion dollars, most of which they never got back. Now, Trump obviously has a pretty big history of uh, defaulting on his loans, so much so that even that um, after, the ba- after his banks, after his um, 
casinos, the Trump, Trump Taj Mahal especially, in Atlantic City collapsed and he defaulted on his loans to Deutsche Bank, their investment division swore to cut ties with him completely. However, just a year later, lured by their honestly weird obsession with risk and presumably by Ivanka's promise to stake Trump's assets against the next loan, they loaned him a couple hundred million dollars to help build a skyscraper in Chicago. You know, a small gift. In 2006. Actually, this might have started in 2005, but the general effect was this thing got finished right around the time, right around 2008, which was when the, you know, the housing market collapsed. And with it, Trump's, um, Trump's Chicago business collapsed, and he defaulted on yet another loan to Deutsche Bank. At this point, um, Trump sued the bank for causing the financial crisis. Wait, wait, wait. He sued the damn bank. Yes. So obviously we all know. Well, okay, maybe we don't all know because some of us have lives. But, so, but I uh, know, and a couple others will know, that the financial crisis was caused by a bunch of banks selling subprime mortgages, mortgages they knew people wouldn't be able to pay back in bundles and for cheap cash, and then when those mortgages inevitably defaulted, everybody lost a lot of money. But Donald Trump claimed that uh, Deutsche Bank had done this intentionally to prevent him from, from paying them back so they would be able to seize his holdings. So it's just like, oh, I'm going to smack you, but then... I'm going to say you smacked me. Donald Trump's lawyers eventually did manage to talk him down to, oh, because they caused this, I can't pay my loans back. They may not have been targeting me, but I can't pay my loans back because of their interference, so I shouldn't have to pay them back at all. Dear God. We never got to hear this dragged before a judge, of course, because Trump settled out as he has never seen a fight he couldn't chicken shit his way out of. <laughs> And this time, and so then, uh, Deutsche Bank's, after a uh, settlement that left him still owing them money, Deutsche Bank's investment division cut ties with him for good this time. Seriously, that was the last time the investment division would ever loan to Trump. You may notice I'm saying that's, that I'm being very specific about the investment division of Deutsche Bank and how they would never loan to Trump. And that's because there, another division of the bank started loading up, started loaning to Trump again several years later. The uh, private equity division of Deutsche Bank, which was gunning really hard for super rich clients in the U.S., had sent Rosemary Vrabic to try and sell Trump on a private bank account. And he was uh, incredibly on board since he, is always, he, goes through, he goes through money like a frat boy. He goes through money like a frat boy trying to pay off all the, the rape allegations against him. On top of all his beer. Or Brett Kavanaugh going through kegs of beer. <coughs> Shit, that, would, that was much better. Why didn't I say that? That was much funnier. But anyway, he goes through money like nothing else. So he's always in the it alone. Although, one specific case of, 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 loan he got from the, uh, of a loan he got from the private equity division is pretty funny because he got a loan to pay off the investment division of Deutsche Bank. 
<laughs> I just need to hear that again. I, by the way, I've heard this like three or four times already saying, and Will's probably sick of telling me, but it just gives me so much glee. Oh, no, I'm never going to be sick of telling anyone that Donald Trump got a loan from a bank to pay off a different division of that bank. Seriously, yeah. it brings me a lot of glee when he tells me. Anyway, yeah, yeah. fast forward to 2016, and um, a bunch of reporters start snooping around in Trump's finances, and they find, huh, this guy is uh, really in deep with Deutsche Bank. Now, this came as a surprise to most of the executives of Deutsche Bank who are like, hang on a minute, didn't we cut ties with this dude back in uh, 08 after he sued us for <laughs> causing the financial crisis so he couldn't pay a loan back? And this, so uh, the, exec- the Deutsche Bank's board of directors got together and commissioned an internal audit. And what that audit found was that basically private equity division had been uh, so, so over the top and um, so desperate to get a hold of some super rich clients in the U.S. that they had neglected to do their proper research and ignored all the warning flags on Trump and hadn't consulted with the other divisions of the company. Dear God. Heads rolled. Rosemary Vrabic, Trump's personal banker, got shit-canned, obviously. And basically everybody, basically everybody involved in this scandal either got shit-canned or was um, departed in their own time, by which I mean shit-canned, but the bank was polite about it. It is politely, politely departed the same as my putting someone on hiatus. Yes, actually, it's exactly like that. Yeah, uh-huh. it's exactly like that. Anyway, um, the reason this is relevant now is because is that the Trump administration has recently sued Deutsche Bank to prevent them from complying with a congressional subpoena to release the details of his fina- of his financial transactions with them. I wonder if they get off on him suing them, and that's why they keep allowing it to happen. I don't know. Maybe we will never know. Or maybe we will know as soon as they call Rosemary Vradic to testify, which is definitely going to happen. That's going to be so much fun. Unless you're like a normal person who thinks international banking scandals are boring. Are you saying I'm not normal? And that's a wrap, (laughs) folks. I'm going to go and I'll be right back alone. If, If I don't lose my job. And I'm back. So, this Britney story is really... It, it's trying to catch up to the Wendy Williams saga, I think, in just terms of crazy-ass twists. And what we're about to talk about... Um, it was the big story of the day. And this was... For the record, this was always going to be the big story of the day. I don't think anything tops it. Um... But on my on my way home from writing group tonight or today, um, I I was um, doing my research to record, and there there's a twist within the twist. Say what? All right. So. This morning, Larry Randolph, Britney's longtime manager, 
publicly said that he doesn't think she's ever going to perform again. In fact, he told TMZ, I don't want her to work again until she's ready, physically, mentally, and passionately. If that time never comes, it will never come. I have no desire or ability to make her work again. I am only here for her when she wants to work. And if she ever does want to work again, I'm here to tell her if it's a good idea or a bad idea. And then and then he talked about um, how he'd been receiving information on her condition on a need-to-know basis. And he said, from what I've gathered, it's clear to me that she should not be going back to do this Vegas residency, not in the future, not in the near future, and possibly never again. Um, and then he said that he hasn't actually heard from Brittany in months. He said, last summer when she wanted to tour, she called me every day. She clearly doesn't want to perform right now. And so, okay. Um, I obviously I put this up as my um, status that Brittany didn't want to. That it was possible that Brittany would never perform again. Um, and there was a lot of sadness. Um, there's a lot of Brittany fans on my on my page, obviously. Um, and Mandy said, you know, she has. She has more important things to worry about. And Mandy is absolutely correct. Um, you know, her mental health should come first. Um, her father being sick come, is right up there. Um, ending the conservatorship, if that's what she wants to do, is definitely a priority. But, you know, as a fan, I'm very, um, I'm very upset that there's a chance that she may never work again. Um, I was looking forward to her new album. I was looking forward to the the Netflix special of Domination. Um, You know, and I'm I'm honestly surprised that Netflix or another show or another streaming service or network didn't um, try to get rights to the Piece of Me show. Um, I, I'm going to guess that we're going to start seeing that a lot more, especially after the success of um, Beyonce's um, movie. But, you know, even I can acknowledge, like, okay, yeah, sometimes it's really good to take a break. Um, you know, in my, I'm currently transitioning from one job to another, and I've been taking, I've been finding that I'm taking more, um, mental health breaks and, um, taking care of myself a little bit more than I have in the past, and I certainly don't begrudge Brittany that, you know, if, if that's what she feels she needs to do, then of course, by all means, that's what you sh- what she should be doing. You know, I'm not I'm not here to tell anyone that they need to force themselves to work or anything. But it does lead one to wonder 
who, who told Larry Randolph to say anything? His job is to book her gigs. To help smooth out the rough edges of her career. Not to make statements like she may never perform again. You know, and her never performing again is not something that would come as a very big surprise, to be honest. Um, she's often talked about wanting to um, give up the, the grind of having to go out on tour and all of this stuff. Um, she did it a lot because she was told she had to and it was part of her contract. Um, you know, I don't know what her contract state now... Um, you know, uh, I know she signed with her record label again, and, um, there's, there's quite a few more albums that, um, she's contractually obligated, but, you know, you look at someone like Adele, um, or Kelly Clarkson, who take, like, three, four, sometimes five years, you know, right now, Baby Birdie doesn't want to perform, but six months from now, maybe she wants to finish the album. A year from now, maybe, you know, maybe she wants to work on new songs or whatever. The current climate in the music industry is no longer driven by record sales. It's who can have the most hits. What, what songs are selling? That's, um, Madonna is proving that with her, um, with the launch of Madame X. Um, she's released Metal In, which was a hot Latino song. It went to number one on the Latino charts. Um, and then I Rise, which is um, huge in the gay community. Um, there's talk that it's actually going to be the theme song for World Pride. And then there's the new jam, Crave, which... You you have to listen to it. Um, so you know maybe maybe Brittany just wants to record some songs here and there, and just throw them out just to see what happens. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But, and remember, I promised you a twist to this whole story. And here is that twist, as promised. Blind Gossip is alleging that within a week or so, Larry Randolph is going to find himself out of a job. Say what? Yes, it's true. Um, basically, he opened his mouth and said shit he shouldn't have said. So, um, here is what their source, here's what their source told them. He's not her publicist and he had no right to speak. He was being completely self-serving and trying to make himself look like the good, and trying to make himself look like the good guy in a bad situation. He blabbed about private issues he never had authorization to talk about and created a whole new set of problems instead of helping her or helping himself, he just made everything worse. If he had kept his mouth shut, he'd still have a job. 
here's the thing. And maybe he wanted to be fired. Which sounds counterintuitive, I know. But sometimes people will, will do stupid shit because they want to be fired. Um, and I think that certainly stands to reason here. Uh, um, you know, if, if she's not making him money, then he's just telling people, oh, I have Britney Spears as a client, but he's not doing anything to actually help her. Um, I don't... They've they've worked together for more than 20 years. So I'm really hoping that... He apologizes... At least apologizes to Brittany. Um, Because... How do you do that to someone... Who has made you rich beyond... Your wildest dreams. Yeah, I mean, of course there were problems. And there are problems again, but that's not her fault. Like, you know. But, and this is the juiciest tidbit that I think... This is even juicier than Larry Randolph being fired, or allegedly being fired... Um, blind gossip left it off like there's about to be a whole new set of drama coming because they end their post with it will be interesting to see who gets the next restraining order or pink slip that tells me that they know something more is gonna about to happen and they're just sitting on um, some tips so I don't know I don't know why they would do that, but as always, I'm going to stay on top of the story and bring you all the latest developments as they happen. But for right now, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed Will's um, guest co-hosting the political segment with me. I'm actually going to try to talk him into um, guest co-hosting guest co-hosting an entire episode with me. Wish me luck on that. (laughs) But thank you all so much for listening as always. You're the reason why I do what I do. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.